And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords. Adam joining us via Zoom. Uh, good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Feeling good. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> good <to hear>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to try to clarify these major headlines for our listeners, starting with this first pick of the day. EAS. That's the East Asia Summit. President Yoon is on his third day of his visit to Indonesia and continues his diplomatic schedule. What does he have in store next? Right. Well, he'll be attending the East Asia Summit and the Korea-Indonesia Business uh, Roundtable. He's expected to express uh, Korea's position on various security issues that are expected to be discussed at the uh, EAS. Uh, these include the Ukraine war, uh, the South China Sea, the situation in Myanmar, and of course, North Korean uh, threats as well. Now, the EAS is a cooperative body that uh, discusses major security issues in the region. It uh, consists of 10 ASEAN member countries, as well as South Korea, the US, Japan, China, Russia, India, Australia, and New Zealand. Uh, you'll also attend a business roundtable hosted by the two countries' chambers of commerce. Uh, business leaders uh, from both nations will discuss the need to strengthen economic cooperation and investments. Uh, he's also um, has uh, a lot of bilateral, separate bilateral meetings in store as well, including possibly one between uh, Yoon and Chinese Premier Li Keqiang as well. Nothing's been confirmed at the moment. Uh, they did meet uh, briefly at the ASEAN Plus 3 summit uh, yesterday, but mm. uh, we'll have to see if any separate talks are in store. All right. Uh, tell us what happened at the ASEAN Plus 3 summit yesterday. Right. Well, uh, it was a start of basically a very busy diplomatic or official diplomatic uh, schedule. He said he plans to work closely with the governments of Japan and China to resume cooperation uh, mechanisms between the three countries. He highlighted that this trilateral cooperation, if reinvigorated, could serve as a foundation for enhanced ASEAN plus three collaboration. Now, that plus three is South Korea, Japan and uh, China. Now, during his speech, Unit uh, underscored the need for renewed resolve, especially in the face of complex challenges. He mentioned that cooperation among South Korea, Japan and China is essential for the development of ASEAN plus three. Um, in addition, Yoon also outlined Korea's contribution to ASEAN plus three uh, cooperation. And he highlighted the importance of strengthening the regional financial safety nets and expanding trade and investment through the regional comprehensive economic partnership. And he also welcomed the adoption of a statement promoting the development of an electric vehicle ecosystem by ASEAN Plus Three leaders. And he expressed mm. Korea's willingness to cooperate in implementing uh, the statements. And he also said Korea will host various camps and seminars to nurture future generations as well. There'll be a number of camps and um, related seminars uh, related to this ASEAN projects uh, in the not too distant future here in Korea. All right. Uh, with that, we move on to our second keyword of the day. Stop military cooperation. So meanwhile, in an apparent warning against Russia, President Yoon has called for a stop to any attempts to seek military cooperation with North Korea. That's with potentially the two leaders uh, scheduled to sit down as early as next week. 
That's right. Uh, he made the comments uh, at the South Korea ASEAN Summit, another ASEAN-related summit that he's been uh, attending. Uh, Yoon apparently made the remarks that signs, yes, as you mentioned, have emerged uh, that the North and Russia are seeking to engage in military cooperation and also reports that Kim Jong-un plans to visit Russia to discuss or advance those uh, talks on arms deals. Uh, Yoon said the North's nuclear missile threats are a serious threat to peace on the Korean Peninsula and the Indo-Pacific region as well as a major challenge to the international non-proliferation regime. Uh, he also stressed that all UN member states, including ASEAN members, should follow UNSC uh, resolutions, like not trading weapons with North Korea. He also called on ASEAN to support global efforts to achieve the North's denuclearization as well. He noted that this includes actively joining efforts to block the North from uh, sending workers abroad and from stealing cryptocurrency, all methods that the regime uses to basically bankroll its weapons program. Now, the US government has also issued a stern warning uh, to North Korea. The National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said the North will face repercussions from the US and other countries should it provide weapons uh, to Russia. He also called on Pyongyang to stop its negotiations with, Moscow's out, uh, with Moscow outright as well. Similar comments that were made by uh, the US government the previous day. Uh, Kirby said the US has not had any direct communication with North Korea um, on the issue, but uh, he did say that it will shy, not shy away rather, from calling out any illicit arms deals between the two countries. All right. Uh, what does the stronger Russia-North Korea ties indicate for us? Uh, we'll get a closer look with Dr. Pong Young-shik in our second hour today. We'll leave it there for now. Let's move on to our third keyword of the day. IMF in Korea. So the IMF team that is visiting Korea has dismissed concerns of a possible financial crisis and economic data show worrying signs once more. But what kind of signs, of course, run us through what was said. Yeah, so there's been a we've, uh, through this uh, throughout this segment for some time now, we've been going through economic data and it's been quite depressing. Uh, and so there have been these concerns of a possible uh, financial crisis uh, because of this. But uh, the IMF team has basically downplayed uh, those concerns. The head of the team, Harold Finger, said uh, Korea possesses very sound uh, economic fundamentals. And he noted that Korea's inflation is also likely to moderate to reach the government's target of 2% by the end of next year. We saw a slight uh, jump above the 3% range in uh, August, uh, but uh, the inflation overall has been hovering around that 2% range before that. Uh, so there are expectations that it will level out to that level again. Uh, but he stressed that the monetary policy rate should stay above neutral for the time being to address inflation. So he's basically saying that the issue hasn't been tackled uh, at the moment, uh, not yet anyway. Uh, regarding foreign exchange reserves and whether South Korea could increase them or should increase them for market stability, uh, Finger reported that uh, Korea's current foreign exchange reserves are at an appropriate level to prepare for potential shocks. Regarding the economic recovery, Finger predicted that Korea's economic rebound would gain momentum, especially in the second half of the year, as the inflation stabilization trend becomes more solid and the semiconductor industry recovers. That seemed to be a kind of a similar assessment to what officials in the Korean government are saying. Mm -hmm. However, he did mention that the recovery might be slower than expected in the latter part of the year. As a result, the IMF has slightly revised down its growth forecast for Korea from 1.5% to 1.4% for this year. 
Um, Finger pointed out that the ramifications of China's economic slowdown would create additional downward pressure on the Korean economy in 2024. However, he also noted positive factors such as the resumption of Chinese group tourism uh, as well, which plays a huge part in the local tourism industry. Mm. Uh, Regarding the Korean government's limits on the increase in fiscal spending to 2.8% next year as a mild uh, fiscal consolidation, um, he commended it as a balanced approach. And he stated that the government adjusted the pace and scale to prevent an adverse impact on economic growth while maintaining a sound fiscal policy to control government uh, debt growth. As we know, next year's budget uh, by the UN administration mm. uh, is somewhat subdued mm. uh, than before, uh, especially compared to the Moon Jae-in administration, mm. which had to deal with the pandemic at that uh, time, mm. to be fair to him. But um, yes, uh, UN has basically vowed to basically cut out sp- uh, unnecessary spending mm. and increase it where necessary. So with those tighter reins, uh, could we slowly claw our way back to a more fiscally sound economy we'll have to wait and see but certainly those economic policies seem to be in line with that agenda anyway let's turn our attention to our pandemic coverage we haven't done so in a while but this seems to be an important indicator for us to pay attention our fourth keyword of the day First, Pirola case. In the country anyway, the first domestic case of the newly designated coronavirus variant nicknamed Pirola has been reported. Experts say it's highly uh, a mutated variant with 30 mutations. There's an increased possibility of widespread transmission as it's also known to be highly immune evasive. What's the latest? Right, so uh, health officials did announce that a person here was confirmed to be infected on August 31st. It's presumed the patient was infected locally as they have no history of overseas uh, travel. Uh, The patient is said to be in good condition and so far there have been no additional infections due to them being in contact with other people such as co-workers. Uh, Pirola has captured the world's attention as it has more than, as you said, 30 mutations on its uh, spike protein uh, compared with its uh, closest ancestor, the BA.2 or um, Omicron variant. Now, the spike protein plays a critical role during coronavirus infection, and it's the part of the virus that vaccines kind of aim to neutralize. Now, Pirola was first detected in Denmark and has since been reported in several countries. It's said to be uh, spreading rapidly, especially um, in the US, which is fueling concerns. However, recent findings from early stage lab tests have indicated that Pirola may be actually less threatening than initially thought. Um, This seems to be kind of the assessment uh, or the, the kind of uh, phenomenon that comes out uh, whenever a new variant uh, emerges. There are people who say that uh, it should be an area for concern, but there's others who say uh, it's not as threatening as they thought. So there seems to be kind of mixed reactions to all these variants that do come out. And it's, it's the same for this case as mm. well. But, um, of course, it's always best to side on the uh, side of caution. Now, meanwhile, the government announced that it is expanding the size and scope of its COVID-19 vaccine side effects compensation. Uh, the ruling People Power Party and the government said they will pay up to 30 million one to families uh, whose loved ones died within 90 days of vaccination and whose cause of death has not been confirmed by an autopsy. Now, at present, up to 10 million won is paid to families of those who died within 42 days. So the amount and the period has been extended. Uh, in addition, more research on vaccine safety will also be conducted and increased funding for medical equipment will also be allocated as well. So, yes, we are in the midst of kind of 
beginning to forget about uh, the coronavirus, right, right. but it is still running rampant, uh, not just as not uh, as rampant as before, of course, compared to the uh, past three years, but uh, it's still an area that needs attention. All right. Um, it's, I mean, that's how viruses work, right? They mutate, they go stronger, right? but doesn't mean that we should shy away from vaccines, especially for the vulnerable groups, right? I mean, those boosters help to uh, maybe evade the worst of the symptoms. So there you have it. Pirola, are we running out of nicknames at this point? <laughs> uh, I don't know. They seem to be coming up with new ones. So, yeah. All right. Let's move on to our fifth keyword of the day. Blinken in Ukraine. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has made a surprise visit to Ukraine, pledging a new aid package worth $1 billion. As you can imagine, it doesn't make Russia happy. Tell us more. Yeah, that's right. The uh, new U.S. aid includes military, humanitarian and budgetary assistance. The military support includes uh, HIMARS missile launch systems, Javelin anti-tank weapons, Abrams tanks and other weapon systems as well. Uh, interestingly, the Pentagon said it would also send depleted uranium and munition for the first time, which is highly effective at piercing armor plates. But their use uh, is uh, controversial because, of course, it does contain uh, uranium, albeit uh, depleted, but there is said to be some radiation levels still within them. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, they're sending that as part of the package as well. The humanitarian assistance portion will go towards critical support, including food, uh, water and shelter to those in Ukraine and those forced to flee to neighboring countries. Uh, meanwhile, Blinken hailed the months-long counteroffensive against the Russian forces in the country's southeast, saying that the new assistance will help sustain it uh, and build further momentum. Uh, Blinken's positive tone actually comes after U.S. officials have previously said that the counteroffensive was not moving as quickly as they would have liked. Mm. Uh, Blinken also met President Volodymyr Zelensky, who thanked the U.S. for support, but he warned that Ukraine expected difficult months ahead uh, as winter approached. Uh, Blinken also said that the U.S. will be transferring seized Russian assets to Ukraine for the first time as well. He did not say how much those assets amounted to or precisely when the transfer uh, would happen. All right. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Have a safe one and we'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.